0: Hello, everyone. Good to be back. I hope everyone is doing well. Uh, A lot has happened day by day. Uh, Our world keeps changing. And uh, I hope that you're finding yourself able to understand the world and the situations through your practice as your foundation. So today I'm going to finish The six paramitas with the perfection of wisdom, uh, as a prajna in Sanskrit and or chie in uh, Japanese, which is uh, denoting wisdom. Wisdom itself, before we go into the definition, it's really fascinating because wisdom, uh, one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have is simply by reading Buddhist scriptures you have wisdom. And one of the wonderful challenges of Buddhism is, and of course which is really relevant at this time, is really important at this time, is the idea, the distinction, the awareness of wisdom as opposed to information. So there's a lot of information coming at everyone, a lot of pressure being pushed this way towards that way. Uh, people reacting, doing uh, what they see to be correct, doing what they see to be incorrect. All of these things are going on before us. And, and if you're a human being, then you find yourself in the midst of it, um, needing some direction. Now again, as, as a Buddhist leader, I'm going to tell you as a, as a guide, uh, I take anyone on the path of Buddhism. So therefore, uh, my stance is, of course, Um, I don't uh, find myself connected to any political movement or any political party. I base my life solely on Buddhism. And the reason why I feel that is essential in any time, not just this time of great strife and difficulty and challenges and change, which is all good, um, is because my belief is that I wish to lessen karma. And I know karma is created by action, cognitive action, Uh, however I formulate that or whatever beliefs I have. So therefore, as meditation, uh, the practice of meditation teaches us, as we see with the paramitas, why meditation is before wisdom, is that we become aware of a full awareness of our thoughts, words, and deeds in all places and at all times. So, you know, the... Reactionary nature, of course, somebody stated that emotion is like an incense that it sometimes can have a very beautiful smell and be very seductive, but ultimately it just vanishes in the air and the next uh, thing comes about. So it's, it's not substantial, and we hopefully in the pursuit of wisdom should be looking for the true substantial nature of reality, um, which of course uh, begins and ends with us. So, uh, back to the concept of the idea of information as opposed to wisdom, Um, one of the greatest challenges that I had with my Buddhist teacher is that lots of people love to spew information. Again, uh, I remember uh, seeing people saying, you know, you can learn, you can know a lot of information about something, but not enough to know that you're wrong. Um, And that's done by scientists, because scientists are always, of course, being inundated with uh, professional scientists that believe that they understand such difficult theory, uh, have not worked through it themselves, uh, and of course formulate an opinion. And uh, science is the basic concept of having theories, having uh, those ideas, and then working to disprove them, to show or create a new theory. So it's not necessarily about holding on to theories or beliefs. And one of the great challenges that I had during my training, in which I try to share others, and of course it's difficult, is the idea of information as opposed to wisdom. So I was taught that information is something that you can collect. Uh, Wisdom is taking said information, inculcating it into your body through practice, um, and and sifting it, I would say, uh, funneling it, and sifting it through medita- you know, through the six paramitas, and of course ultimately through our practice of meditation, and then coming out and, and through the uh, filter of wisdom, in which we actually put it into action. So the idea of karma as action, as a cognitive action, um, as opposed to something that is just a reaction, a natural reaction, etc., is that we make a decision to make an action. And in doing so, that holds a whole lot of power uh, and influence on our life because obviously karma influences our life and our thoughts and our beliefs and they build upon each other. So we as Buddhists use our practice of meditation to, of course, uh, be in awareness have clarity of our thoughts, words, and deeds in all places and all times. That means even when we personally, our ego or personality, has a particular opinion. And so that's why actually, I think this is where true humbleness comes from as well, is knowing that one does not have all the facts, does not know everything, and that we should always be purveyors of the reality and truth. So Again, that is not stating that anyone is particularly wrong or right. Uh, What they're doing is everyone is trying within their own capacity to answer questions. So I understand that. And of course, um, to react and and make changes. However, we as Buddhists must have our stance as a Buddhist. and, And that can be very tough, especially with many pressures from outside that don't understand what our accomplishments are or what, we, what we're striving towards in Buddhism. Uh, so the idea of being able to correctly uh, manifest information, so taking the Buddhist teachings and not simply giving a lecture, but manifesting them through your life, through the six uh, paramitas. You know, of course, first uh, the idea of generosity, gratitude, uh, then going on to idea of discipline uh, and patience, energy meditation, and finally, wisdom. And wisdom is ultimately the manifestation. So now now I'd like to go into the concept of wisdom. So it's a perfect, and and I'm reading this really great book, The Lotus Seeds, Essence of Nichiren Shu Buddhism, put out by San Jose and, of course, by McCormick Sensei. I, I really like the simplicity of it, so I'm going to use this. Um, the perfection of wisdom is accomplished when our views are in accord with the reality of the world as it truly is. Now, just in that sentence is a lot of power, because seeing the reality and seeing the world in reality as it truly is. Now, I just want you to think about, now, again, I'm passing no judgment, because that does no good uh, for our practice of Buddhism, because my only wish is, of course, to liberate all sentient beings, and I believe that that is the true revolution uh, that we should all hope towards, because to end all of the issues that we have in our world, poverty, racism, etc. That is actually accomplished through the perfections of our life and and being able to manifest wisdom instead of suffering. So seeing the world as it truly is. Now, when you think about the times as it is now, and you may or may not watch news, or, you know, of course, interacting with other people, etc., and even leaders, uh, sometimes spiritual leaders, uh, give their give you their opinion which may be in accord with what you believe or what you don't believe And our true path and remember Buddhism's a path so people see the path a little differently I understand that and but as a guide uh, my feeling is that um, I wish each person to have their own practice, their own understanding, And so it makes you, and and with that kind of, uh, how do you say, appreciation, sometimes it, you know, the reaction is is not always uh, the proper. So we use the idea of patience. Of course, people, uh, especially young people or people that don't understand the concept of patience, uh, particularly don't like patience because it doesn't bring about the results as quickly or as what they want. Um, But as people grow older, hopefully they understand the idea of patience and then discipline uh, on top of it and putting your energy into what will make a difference. And I believe that that's what people are trying to do. So I I understand sincerity of people. Um, This means insight into the dynamic and interdependent nature of all things. So that we understand that everything is constantly changing with a dynamic nature and that all things are interconnected. So, it's really interesting because I'm going to go into it in the next part. Because what I, what I, the answers that I need to find out, that's why I don't simply make an opinion about things. Because an opinion, I believe, is the same as having a thought or an idea. And as I stated on the mountain, it, it does you really no good because survival and life is what we ultimately have to live. Um, and so, therefore, we are able to uh, go into a deeper understanding, a deeper awakening uh, for that. And um, so the perfection of wisdom is expressed through our faith in the wonderful Dharma that is a myoho. That That's a really interesting concept because, you know, People chant the Daimoku, and, and again, some people state that you don't need to fully understand the meaning of it, but in chanting the Daimoku, we, of course, have Myoho, and Myoho is, is, is expressed through our faith, which actually means our learning and practicing, not just our belief, uh, in the wonderful Dharma, and through this, which is the, the, the true order of things, which enables us to have confidence and trust in our Buddha nature. Our capacity to view life, the insight and wisdom of the Buddha. So as we state, uh, our basic premise of Buddhism is the concept of Buddha nature. uh, That we are inherently, uh, have this nature within ourselves that we awaken. Because sometimes it's sleeping, we cover it with the dust of our ignorance, greed and hatred. And we can uh, create this kind of natural insight into the reality of things. And I'll I'll go back to the Gosho again, which is really interesting, that Nichiren Shonen states that if you practice Buddhism correct, and this really hit home for me, you can understand the occurrences in the world. Uh, A lot of times we, we get tunnel vision. That's what ego does. Ego makes a tunnel vision not only based on your life, but also time And what's happening in the moment, because actually, what's happening in the moment, our our minds are pretty amazing that we keep information, uh, but we can move from moment to moment. And then therefore, that's the idea of interdependence and the impermanence of the change, idea that all things change at all times, this energetic nature. Uh, And through that, uh, and through meditation, we become aware of those subtle changes because if you look at and this is really fascinating which I'll go into the next step because I'd like to give you actual practical uh, tools I, I believe uh, and it's not a criticism but just an observation that it's interesting all the tools of Buddhism are taught as doctrine and not actual tools that uh, we decide to keep in our sack as we climb the mountain and then as we climb the mountain, as we're presented with each challenge, uh, the tools that the Buddha gives us, if we understand how to use them correctly and have been trained and learned and practiced, uh, we can successfully use them. But I see a lot of times in Buddhism, in modern Buddhism—that's all I can speak during my time—a uh, lot of people Buddhism is put to the side, and and it's almost as if—and I've been I've been uh, people have forcefully in a way pushed me, even as they call themselves Buddhists, for me to have a sheer abandonment of my practice to satisfy uh, their beliefs or their ideas. Which again, as a Buddhist, uh, we should have uh, wisdom in order to see what the real meaning of things are. And a lot of times, as you see in the Buddha's life, that may not be with the majority of people. It's really fascinating because you know I I thought about the Buddha because somebody had written an article basically discounting the Buddha's life and saying it's it's not relevant during this time period, and they went ahead and basically recreated their own story, and they put it under the guise of skillful means. Again, skillful means are only useful uh, when somebody has the correct wisdom uh, in order to correctly employ them; otherwise. Again, just as medicine can be cure, uh, cause give a cure, it can also cause poisoning of people. uh, In which people uh, practice Buddhism based on their uh, wishes and desires. So, basically, in a way, uh, this is Mara's big trick towards us, telling us, Will you be my god? And we say, Yes, uh, I will be your god. And we, again, in that moment, even though we may be a practicing Buddhist, we choose. Uh, our ego over the actual practice of Buddhism. And the one part that I wish to, and I'll have to share it at a different section, is that Master tantai is constantly talking about the idea of contemplative practice. And again, we have uh, the idea of shikan, which means um, stopping and seeing. Uh, stopping, of course, is the uh, the seeing through or the stopping of uh, ignorance in our mind, basically wandering thoughts, uh, made up ideas, etc. And then seeing, gaining insight. And he uses the practice of contemplation, and the contemplation that Master Tiantai talks about is in how Buddhists view reality. Because the, the contemplative, he has ten contemplative practices, which are basically just the list that encompasses all of the potential uh, experiences you'll have during meditation that you learn during your practice on how to see correctly. So you gain the wisdom of the experience uh, rather than, of course, solidifying yourself deeper in the muck and mire of suffering. And that is found in the three truths. Uh, I'm going to do a, a complete separate, uh, that will be my next lecture, because it's such an in-depth uh, discussion. I don't want to try to clump too much information together, but simply, the three truths are the truth of emptiness, the truth of provisionality, and the truth of the middle way. And this, of course, makes us understand the uh, concept of the middle way, that what is taught by Master Tiantai is that by seeing the truth and reality of things uh, and not being simply attached to a concept uh, but exploring them through contemplation correct contemplation we are able to see the true uh, middle way and when I say middle way people are thinking of a doctrinal middle way Um, but actually middle way would be that kind of balancing pendulum or balancing beam in our body that through wisdom because that means awareness and meditation is the practice we use to find that and of course we're strengthened uh, our meditation our uh, primary practice is chanting the daimoku but that we are able to actualize and see this that means being aware of the balance in ourselves so a lot of times people think and try to apply buddhism with the balance to the external And I always have to bring people back, and myself as well, to the idea that Buddhism is always pointing towards the internal. The external, as we see, as I spoke of before uh, in some of my lectures concerning the five senses, right? The the way that we interpret everything, or through the senses and the body, etc., that a lot of times the information is not correct, and again, we there's a lot of very complicated aspects to it. It's not cut and dry. So there's uh, personal emotion, personal beliefs, uh, greed. You know, and again, they they combine them all down to greed, hatred, and ignorance, and of course, all of them stemming from ignorance. And ignorance is uh, just simply not being able to see the reality of 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 as it is in our life. And that's where suffering comes from. So, you know, in my practice, you know, and this is interesting. This is what Nietzsche and Shonen. Because lots of people bring up Nietzsche and Shonen. Nietzsche and Shonen exemplify this because he, uh, in his protest, uh, basically awakening people, chanting Namu Myo which was the core, the gift to give to people, because we have to be mindful. And, and that comes through our meditation and then therefore develops into wisdom of what we're putting into the world. And, and that actually, I feel that there are many Buddhist leaders and practic- practitioners who abandon the Dharma. Um, and, and this simply shows that they haven't gained the correct meditation, correct wisdom, or understood the paramitas. Uh, and so therefore, they simply follow the kind of uh, momentum the uh, uh, inertia that is happening around people. But again, if you look at what the Buddha is talking about, the inertia, the movement around ourselves, if you are not stable, if you are not stable in what? Our Buddha nature, which is exemplified in the six paramitas. And just to reiterate, the six paramitas are the lifeblood of the Bodhisattva. So even a Bodhisattva who has cultivated and learned compassion and all of those great things, if he does not uphold in his practice, which is the nourishment of the Buddha nature, the six paramitas, he will ultimately fall into the hell realm. So even though you may think you are an accomplished bodhisattva or practitioner, but if you don't correctly observe the six paramitas, you may find yourself in a lower realm quickly and easily. I see it in my own life. That's why it's really fascinating that when one of those things arise in my mind, now Now, becoming, with my practice, so sensitive. It's interesting, because what you do when it arises in your mind, whatever that may be, it may be the emotion of anger, or the emotion of uh, frustration, or however you dispose of your uh, emotions, right? because people dispose of them in many ways, uh, that when that comes about, what does it direct you to? Because it's interesting, my teacher showed me once with a great big circle, and he said, you know, in this circle is the capacity of your mind. And he said, well, what what are your usual reactions to things, anger, etc., etc., and you just drew bigger circles, and, and you would base it on what is the most strongest emotion or thought that you had. And it's really interesting, because after I did that, it was all full, and he said, well, Buddha nature, where is Buddha nature? And there was no room for the Buddha nature because I had chosen, uh, due to my ignorance, uh, and again, to, to not not walk the path, not to walk forward to uh, and cherish wisdom, is to cherish ignorance. Uh, that when I realized that I had picked all of those other things over myself, uh, over Buddha nature, over wisdom, that there was no room for the seed to grow, so that he explained... That in your mind, as you practice, those things don't go away. They just become less powerful. So in your reaction, and this is why action is really important in Buddhism, and why it's not just a contemplative uh, spiritual practice. It's an everyday practice where you can see it manifested in how you react. So if you react with anger, frustration, all of those things, no matter how honorable you think it is, or however you think you're right, uh... Is that in accordance with Buddhism? I'm going to ask you that question. Is it in accordance with Buddhism? And in my own life, when those things arise, and they do arise, because as long as you have this physical body, you are uh, part of the elements, and those elements can become imbalanced uh, based on your ignorance and your attachment. So as they become up, they have become uncomfortable for me. Because they're a sign that says something is incorrect with the middle way. So, how do we regain that equilibrium in our life? Uh, we go back to our practice. So, it's interesting that my reaction many years ago perhaps would have been uh, take a vacation, take a nice walk. Um, and I'm not saying those things aren't bad, are bad at all. I'm just stating that now, like almost, how do you say, nutrition. I immediately go into my Buddhist practice, meditation and chanting, a contemplative practice. And it's really interesting because suddenly that thing that had such a powerful hold on me, you know, I get to... it, it, it loses its power. And then something else grows up and it becomes, makes me closer and feel more... Uh, closer to the idea of the Buddha, each and Shonen and wisdom. so. That's the concept of refuge too and I think that this is really essential because when you have tasted that, you want other people to taste it and it's not from an arrogant point of view. It's The point is is that we all have the same question at any time and this is not relegated to time or place as we see with Buddhism. That's why people trying to recreate the Buddha's story based on what they wished it to be uh, in some way I would say is distracting because it's not all about the Buddha's life story. The only thing that we take from the Buddha's life story, of course, that's his experience, that's his practice, is the point that we as beings and all beings have the capacity and the potential to go beyond uh, what we're clinging to, this uh, kind of sinking vessel uh, that we are clinging to and and, um, trying to uphold and of course hurting ourselves and hurting others so I feel that Buddhism is the greatest protest not against man but for man and in that when we realize those beings right Can because Buddhism is open to all beings and, of course, there's a great story because recently, you know, sometimes some temples uh, take on the majority, any majority, whether it's good majority, bad majority, whatever you consider it, they have their standards, and if someone comes in that's different, it's very interesting to see how uh, sometimes people unintentionally or intentionally try to push them out uh, once they realize the, who they are. However, it's really fascinating because my teacher uh, explained to me the story of even how the Buddha dealt with such a thing that, uh, you know, the Buddha had a disciple that was relatively difficult and didn't follow the precepts, didn't do the correct practices, etc. And suddenly all of his disciples got together and said, you know, we, we love your Buddha, but we can't take him. We can't, we can't be around him. We don't agree with him. He's just the biggest pain. Doesn't do what he's supposed to do. He almost mocks you, you know. He just ignores everything, and it's it's fascinating that they say that the answer was well, uh, you can go, but he must stay. And and that's the way that we as Buddhists and the concept of compassion with action means that if we believe in the redemption of humanity, uh, then that is. Found, and I can sound, say uh, correctly that it is through the practice of the Dharma, Buddha Dharma, and uh, so therefore that's why you know I use the word redemption because of course the great song by Bob Marley, which says, "Free your minds," uh, because only you can free your minds from discrimination, from hatred, from all the mental slavery, as he states. And all of us are bound by the chains of stupidity. And to find true fairness in the world, how should that be done? Now, I'm not, of course, standing here on a soap telling you uh, I have the answer, because I don't. Uh, I am simply a practitioner of Buddhism. Because through the Buddha Dharma, I experientially experienced in my life, experientially, And through reality, change towards the concept that the Buddha was teaching. So I have a faith that that is true. Other things in the world, as I grew older and experienced many things, uh, such as politics, etc., I don't have any faith (laughs) so much in that. And I said once, politics are good for fixing roads. Uh, But actually, they're not so good at that either. In Seattle, we have lots of potholes. So, therefore, we must understand what banner, what are we holding up, what are we giving to the world. And if you feel so inclined to help people, Nichiren Shonin said, propagate the teaching. Propagate and practice the teaching. Inspire others to wish for that freedom as well. That is what the purpose of our lives are. So again, I thank all of you and I hope all of you will stay safe. Uh, I really appreciate everyone's effort because I know everyone in the world is doing, trying their best. I wish that we focus on the Lotus Sutra as our document uh, for true equality, true freedom, true redemption. So thank you very much, everyone. Namumyo Horengekyo.